Hi, everyone. This is Carolyn from Second Serve. Who is excited about the French Open? The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris, and you can watch every court live on Tennis Channel Plus. You can watch it on your phone or smart TV live in HD. So you can watch it at work or while you're waiting in your kid's carpool line. Live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. You can be there when it happens with Tennis Channel Plus. Hi, this is Carolyn, and I'm here with Aaron, and this is part two of our episode with Brian Rosenthal about the Raleigh Pro League. If you'd like to learn more about Brian's background, the craziest situation he's ever been involved with on the court, and the history of the Raleigh Pro League, please check out part one, but here is part two. Okay, let's get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, um, I want this. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Go ahead, Aaron. You start. I want to know, well, you've, you've talked about, so you've got to be a five- Five five or five zero? I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, five zero or five five or above. Five or higher. Or above. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you have any six zeros, six fives? I don't. I don't know anyone other than a you know someone on tour that's more than a five five. But that's because I'm a you can, you can make an argument for a handful of players that are north of a five five. Not a lot, but you can make an argument for a couple of our top draft picks that are north of five five, which is really good and. Very difficult to identify, right? I mean, if you're a 6-0 or above, you're probably not playing these type of platforms anyway. But if you can, if we can get lucky and have someone that's here for the summer because they're teaching at a club and they're trying to, you know, go back on tour in the fall, we're going to grab them. Or they're 18. Or they're 18 years well, old. Well, no, they can't. So <laughs> so if they, they have to be, here's a requirement that you guys may not know of. If you're playing uh, college tennis or younger you're you're not eligible to play in the pro league, right? So okay. you are if you're a college player, we're too old to play with active exactly. college players. So <laughs> we, that's not happening. But yeah, once you graduate though, you're eligible, right? So if you are a 6-0 and you're staying in Raleigh because you got a job at Red Hat, but you're kind of like I'm done with tennis, you know, but I want to compete in this, you're welcome to join us. Yeah, I'm sure they're being scouted. <laughs> Just like we every scout. Every day. You have no five, idea. Every day. Every exactly. Day. I know. It's just like adult recreational It is just era. like it's adult. Just yeah. like adult. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. We, yeah, I want to know all the people on our wait list at my club. Like, who's coming in? What are their, what's their rating? Yeah, we're doing the same thing at our level, Brian. <laughs> we're just not as good. Um, okay, so talk about the draft and talk about how you pick players and captains, I guess. Yeah, we can start with captains first. So traditionally, Bill has done his best to keep the same captains year in and year out for continuity. And and these captains have been selected over years by Bill that have a very good knowledge of the field, that they will draft accordingly, intelligently, and have a good rapport at a club. So That is the criteria that Bill looked for, and I wasn't going to change any captains this year. I I came in very late into this process. I came in and put my name as director, agreed to this, I think, around Mother's Day weekend. It was Mother's Day weekend because I was at the Banner Elk Winery Mother's Day weekend when I officially said yes. So that's that's not too long ago. So um, I the one thing I wasn't going to do was change the dynamic of the captains. We have changed some things up, though, like I alluded to earlier with the ladies' doubles has been eliminated for just this season, and we hope to return. So we have two mixed courts instead. And we got rid of a thing called keepers. 
So in fantasy sports, uh, football, baseball, basketball, there's a thing called keepers where you could keep you can keep in our situation two males and two females every single year if you desire, or you can throw them back into the draft. It really just depends on the captain. For me and Cam. Our two teams, which at the times were RDU Tennis, I was a team sponsor no longer, and Wake Orthopedics, we've been in the championship match for four consecutive years. So we kept our we we have we we kept our people because we have a good rapport with them. We had the right formulas to get there. And the consensus was from other players, the vast majority of other players, probably around the first week of June was to get, or excuse me, like the last week of May, was to get rid of this the keepers, to say, let's blow this up. You're the new director. Let's get new teams. I'm kind of sick of seeing Brian Rosenthal and Joanna Naborska together because that's who I play with. <laughs> Joanna and I were a duo for five years. We and are you divorced. always won, right? You guys won, always right? won. Yeah, that's why they don't want to see you together. Time. Yeah. <laughs> We've won a couple times. But we're divorced. She's my tennis wife. And, you know, she's out the door. She took the money, the dog, the kids. And, uh, you know, Joanna is no longer my – she's on the Mosquito Authority. And she's not part of uh, my team, which is Megan Rosenthal Art. So um, I think it's really cool, though. So now you're going to see different matchups for the first time in a while because you did see that same Wake Ortho squad – playing other teams that were new. So now new faces, new teams, uh, really cool dynamic. And to answer your question on how we draft, um, the captains have the field. Uh, it's on a big screen. And so the captains have a chance to draft accordingly where they feel each person's ra- uh, worth is in each round. And some captains draft very well at times, and sometimes you make a mistake. Uh, no hard feelings. Sometimes you draft a player in the third round that doesn't live up to the hype. And sometimes you find a player in as a steal in the 10th round. And you're just like, after the season's over, you're like, how did I get he or she in the 10th round? Well, maybe the other captains didn't do their homework. So it is a game. You know, it, it mirrors what you do in a fantasy football draft. So for your listeners that play fantasy football, they'll understand the importance of doing your homework going into a draft. And there's a lot of players this year for the first time that I can recall that were sight unseen. So it made it a lot tougher. A lot of new men, especially men. We've had, we had so many new men enter this draft, which is really great. And of course, I want to get more women as as importantly, but we had, I think, 17 new men enter the draft. That's a big variance compared to years past where it's usually like three to five new men. So a lot of men to choose from. And unfortunately, not everybody gets drafted, but hopefully the right people got drafted, which will showcase great tennis. I do have to add the first time I went as an adult recreational player to a Raleigh Pro League match, it completely changed my mentality. I think I was a 2-5 or a 3-0 and I was like, oh, I'm pretty good at tennis. You know, I'm getting pretty good at tennis. And then I went with my friend Carla and we went to watch a Raleigh Pro League match and we were just blown away, like how hard you hit the ball. It was a completely different sport to what we were playing. And so it just put, you know, it kind of put me in my place of like... Wow, I'm not that great a player. Look at these people that are five O's. I will never get to this level, but it was so entertaining and so much fun. But it also helped me as an adult recreational player to change my mentality a little bit. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of hard hitters, you have one up there in Wake Forest, Megan Coombs, who's been on my team now for two straight <laughs> years. I'm going to give her a shout out. There's not a female player that hits a harder forehand than Megan. So, yes, yeah. she's amazing. So, Brian, can you also tell us the best advice you've ever received? 
Well, just in life, I would say for my father, uh, many years ago, I was probably either in college or just after college. He said something to me that always resonates. He said that whoever you meet, you have to take them super serious because everybody in life has something to offer and get to know this person, get to know their path. Even though if you feel like there's no chance this individual can impact your life, maybe you can impact theirs, but it's fascinating because I'll start talking to someone wherever it is. doesn't matter whether it's on, you know, at a tennis club, the airport, and just like, wait a minute, you do this? Wow, I need this. I, I, I could, you and I need to connect, right? So kind of just take everybody serious who you meet. Let, learn about what they have to offer. You never know. That That's always resonated with me, my father, and I've taken that, you know, for that advice for years and just keep, just keep rolling with it. I love that. And Erin does that. I see Erin will ride somewhere. We'll be on a plane and she's talking to the person beside us for like yeah. a 20 minutes and she knows know. her life story. They're exchanging numbers. Erin yeah. is really good at that. Yeah. My best friend tells me not to strike up a conversation with someone in the elevator because, you know, by the time we get to the floor, I won't have had their entire life story yet. So, yeah. <laughs> and actually, I would take that advice, Brian, and put that on a tennis court. I mean, Carolyn and I, Started this during COVID because you know, we, we missed playing. We missed our tennis friends. But what we realized by doing this podcast is every person is interesting and has a story. They just don't know it a lot of times. People think they're, you know, they're not that they're, you know, just afraid to talk on a microphone, but they're like, oh, I'm not that interesting. But once you talk to them, it's they're wrong. I mean, everybody has a story. And, and if you play tennis, everybody has a great tennis story, too. It's a small tennis world, which I love. So we're all going to have... A ton of connects, right? And I think, like you just mentioned, I don't care if you're a two five, three zero, five five player. It's the same circle somehow. You mm-hmm. know this person. I know this person. Oh, they own this restaurant. Oh, we got to go there for lunch. But and it just it 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 just works that way. So I, I think it's it, it, absolutely. Look at us. I mean, we're sitting here doing a podcast. We're all different skill levels. We all live in different areas, but yet we're going to connect this and we're going to make something special. And hopefully this is an, you know something interesting for people to learn about, whether it's my background, you, what you guys are doing, the Raleigh Pro League. So 100%, it works definitely in tennis as well. Brian, I had a question. So you went to the Rick Macy Tennis Academy. Did you play against Roddick? Like, were you there at the same time? Yeah, so I've never lost to Roddick. We'll throw that out. Um, but I think that it means nothing in life at this juncture. He had a better career than I did. I beat Andy, but we were young, right? So from the age of when I was 12 to 16, he's two years younger than me. So I always joke about that with folks that in official tournaments, I think I'm 4-0 and in practice matches a lot better. And in video games, he probably got me. But other than that, yeah, I mean, I played with Roddick every day maybe for – two or three years. And it was, wasn't that fun because he's younger than me. Right. So at that time you're much stronger, you have a bigger ego than a kid that is, you know, in in his shoes. But I I have to say this about uh, Roddick, nobody worked harder and, and Roddick had everything. He had a very successful family business, his parents own. So what I loved about Roddick's path is that he didn't have, he didn't he didn't have to do anything. He could have been a great college player, great junior player, and probably fell into the family business and so forth. But he would run through fences. He would go crazy when he lost in anything in life. If he was the last kid to line up for lunch, he would be laser focused to be the first guy in line for camp lunch the next day. That's what it takes 
and Roddick had both the talent and the will to do it. So um, I haven't seen him in a long time, except running him, running into him in the movie theater back home in Florida many years ago. But yeah, what an amazing career. And the Williams sisters as well. I played with Serena a lot. I didn't play with Venus as much. Venus is my age. So at that time, Venus was training with boys that were like four years older than her because she was capable of doing it. Venus is oh, wow. Andy. Yeah, I mean, she was hanging in at 14 with some of the elite 18-year-old boys at the academy. So I was her age, and I wasn't really put on her court at all. Uh, with Serena, Serena was 12, and I was 14. So Serena, it was, you know, that was the the formula there was for Rick to get her on the court with some boys that were, you know, about two or three years older, and I happened to be one of them consistently. Did you beat her? Or did she beat you? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't play Serena that much, but I don't. I don't remember losing to Serena. But that that's not a big thing to be proud of when you're. I know, but yeah. when you're like 15 year old boy but, and it versus 12 year old girl, it's like I should beat awkward. her, even though she's going to be a yeah. phenom. Yeah, but she right. was so good. I mean, she so she had the will. Like I think more than Venus. Like in these drills and games, she was just man. She was. I don't know what the right word. I mean, she, you, you probably saw the movie, right? You saw King Richard and at the end, you know, you, you kind of figure out that, oh, wait, this is going to be, it's it's your turn soon, right? It, it was, all the focus was on Venus at the Rick Macy Tennis Academy the whole time. Everything was Venus, Venus, Venus. Serena was in the back, but I think everybody knew it was going to be Serena eventually because right. she had the eye of the tiger more than any, any female I've ever seen play before. Oh, I would be telling everyone I beat the Williams sisters and Andy Roddick at some point in my life. Yeah, I would have a t shirt. (laughs) I I think that I think I think people get a kick out of it. But then when I really go into the minutiae of I'm three years older than Williams and two years older than Roddick, and these were the ages, they're like, oh, okay, no big deal. Maybe you beating them motivated them to have these careers, right? They're like, if Brian Rosenthal can beat us, we're going. Yes. Maybe you were the spark. You were the spark. You beat them. And then, you know, they put in the extra time. Oh, it, I can barely get out of bed after playing two hours of doubles, so I don't think I have that uh, effect on many people these days. But, you know, it was fun. I had a great time. That was the best time of my life, guys. I mean, to be a part of that academy, uh, I'm just naming a few names. I mean, there were so many unbelievable juniors and college players and folks that made the tour. It was it was a blast. I, I would do anything, yeah. to, you know, get into the DeLorean from Back to the Future and get back in 1994 right. and do it again. It was just best time of my life. We really appreciate Brian coming on the podcast. You can find out more information about the Raleigh Pro League on their Facebook and Instagram accounts, and we've included more information in our show notes. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you on the courts soon. Hey, Second Serve listeners, this is Erin. Carolyn and I are so excited that the second slam of the year is happening this month. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the French Open, and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch it. Tennis Channel Plus brings you courtside with three weeks of unparalleled access, and they do this with every single court live. Watch on your phone, your smart TV in HD, or like I do, on my iPad while I'm sitting at my desk working all day. I love to flip around to different matches on Tennis Channel Plus to see my favorite players in action. 
Don't miss your favorite tennis legends battle a new generation of talent and watch exciting new rivalries emerge on the historic clay courts of Roland Garros. If Carolyn and I can't be in Paris in person, at least we can watch all the matches on Tennis Channel Plus. Daily coverage begins on Monday, May 20th. Be there when it happens with Tennis Channel Plus. I know I will be.